boys and girls, coming to y'all late Thursday night. Grant Seminole here. And I'm Connor Reynolds. Fucking, we're late on Thursday. We wanted to let the uh, NHL and NBA games finish before we uh, did the show. And I honestly had to work till 10, so here we are. Grant, working hard, protecting our country. We appreciate you. Thank you for your service. 33 more days. I cannot wait. Counting them down. Counting them down. So, yeah, uh, got a lot to cover today. Um, just want to show we're dedicated members to this show, just trying to, you know, kick things off. And uh, we got a lot of topics today. We're going to start off with the NBA playoffs, um, NHL after that, a little bit of draft recap for the NFL and an outlook on next season, a little bit of college football because I'm fucking craving it, honestly. And then, uh, <laughs> obviously, this week is the Kentucky Derby, so got to touch on that a little. Absolutely. Just uh, wrapped up game three from Philadelphia. Sixers blew out the Raptors as one-and-a-half-point underdogs. Um, the Sixers looked dominant, looked like they could run away with this series. I don't know if you got to catch any of the game. I, I watched the second half. Um, it looked like the Raptors – I mean, Kawhi had a great game, and past that it was more of the same from the bench, just not a lot of production. Uh, they, they could be in big trouble. Yeah, I saw the first two and a half quarters. Um, I got to watch it in the background. I see Kawhi had 33, Saikam at 20. Um, Embiid looked really dominant against the Saw tonight. I mean, the final was 116 to 95 for anyone who doesn't know. Joel Embiid posted 33 points, 10 rebounds, five blocks. Jimmy Butler almost had a triple double. He was a uh, rebound and assist shot of a triple double. Uh, it was in, I mean, yeah, Philly just looked really good. They were hitting their shots. I mean, Holy shit. I don't know who or what they were playing for, but after game one, I mean, they've looked super strong. I mean, this is crazy to me. Uh, in the second round, all five games so far have been blowouts. In the East, In yeah. the East, yeah. That's pretty crazy to me. Yeah, and I mean, nobody really running away with it. Each team has had at least one blowout of their own. The Milwaukee series, obviously, tied up at 1-1, heading to Boston. Um Interesting storyline we wanted to touch on. I know we talked about it a little bit before the show, but Danny Ainge uh, had a mild heart attack this morning in Milwaukee. He's fine. It seems like he's made going to make or has already made a full recovery. They said he was up and walking around just about a, an hour after the story was reported. But um, what kind of effect do you think that has on the team? It said he might have to come back to Boston and miss – Or uh, sorry, he was in Milwaukee. He's now back in Boston for the – for the next two games, um, what do you think that impact has on the team? I mean, honestly, anytime a team gets some type of storyline with emotion to play for, um, you've seen it time and time again, and this is the reason we love sports. I mean, it just completely changes the impact of what a team plays for. Uh, Boston being favored by two tomorrow, I think that's kind of a lock, honestly. Um, I was going to expect Milwaukee to play very well after they played um, – they won game two, and they did it in complete dominance. I thought <coughs> – excuse me. I thought they were going to roll through and do the same thing. I mean, I just don't know now. I think Boston minus two, first game at home. I haven't been sold on the Celtics at all. I mean, I've talked about it in previous episodes. We've talked about it throughout the year. I mean, the Celtics have definite chemistry issues, but they keep proving people wrong. And, I mean, what their – Danny Ainge has built that team from the ground up on multiple occasions and – Minus two is, seems favorable. I wouldn't be surprised if he jumped up to three, three and a half, four tomorrow. We'll see what the yeah, public so I th- does. I think I think it opened at one. So we've had 
a little bit of movement in the Celtics direction uh, already today. Um, I, I get what you're saying about the, the whole, you got the storyline, something to play for, something to rally the team around. Um, but I, I came into game three. My outlook on game three was that the Bucks made their adjustments from game one. The Celtics came out strong in game one, hit him in the mouth, threw some defenses at him that really slowed down Giannis. Um, and I think that the Bucks made their adjustments. They know what's coming now. Brad Stevens is a great coach. He obviously schemed the, the Bucks offense very well in game one. But uh, if they're knocking down shots, they've figured out how to, how to get Giannis, draw a defense inside, and then he's got shooters just about everywhere on the floor. So um, I'm still going to be on the Bucks money line tomorrow. I'm going to wait and see because I do think that the public will – We'll be backing the the Celtics, so I can probably get better than the plus one ten that they're at right now. Um, but I think the Bucks are going to win Game Three and ultimately go on to win the series as well. If they followed the other series in the East, then with <coughs> Toronto winning series or Game One, and then Philly just jumping on them in two and three, then you'll probably be right. So uh, that'll be a good one to look for tomorrow night. Should be a good game, and I really hope it's not a blowout because. If that's the we case, need a close game in the East. Yeah, if that's the case, we do need a close game in the East. I mean, I think Golden State might sweep Houston. Golden State's three-and-a-half-point underdogs tomorrow. That might be a lock also. I mean, I might take Golden State on the money line <laughs> just because, I mean, they've looked. They, I mean, the games have been close, but they've kind of separated themselves. Like, Durant's playing the best ball of his life, in my opinion. Sure. Game one, game one, I think was close down to the wire. Uh, game two, the score was close, but um, the Rockets put in a couple buckets in garbage time. They were down, I think, nine with 30 seconds left and got a steal with four seconds left and put in a dunk. I mean, I, I think that the the Warriors have obviously looked like the, the class of the league uh, and definitely the class of this series so far. They are heading back to Houston, so that's that's something in Houston's favor, but I think anytime you can get the Warriors at plus money, um, I, I don't know. I'm very tempted to take Warriors. I think they're at plus one forty five on the money line right now. Yeah, you might want to get that. It might move down. Um, and then also, uh, do you see any value in Houston plus four fifty for the series or no? Um, whew, that's plus four fifty seems a little bit short to me, honestly. Um, down two nothing to. This is, I mean, this Warriors team still has all the players of the greatest team that's ever been assembled and from last year. With Boogie going down, they're the same big four as last year, the same big four they've had the past four years when they've dominated the entire NBA. Um, I think they, I think expecting them to blow a 2 nothing lead to this Rockets team, as good as they are, is uh, you'll probably not have a ton of value in that plus 450. I agree. I mean, Golden State's minus 700. I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. But no, sir. I still think they're going to win with these. No no more than five games. I would not be surprised if they sweep. But here we go to the uh, actually uh, compelling series. Denver and Portland, look, they both look really good. Two close games. Um, the defense was in effect last night, 97-90 final, with um, Portland taking that. But, I mean, that, that could go to seven, honestly. That's, I think that's the only potential to go to seven. Uh, you might be right. I think – I think the Raptors Sixers series also has the potential to go to seven. Um, the Raptors are a very talented team. They've been playing below 
what they should be. Um, so I think that game could go to or that series could go to seven. But I think you're right. This is this is our most competitive series uh, of the four remaining. Um, I've been I've been high on the Blazers since the beginning of the playoffs. I really like the way they play. Honestly, they haven't impressed me as much as I expected them to in these first two games. Obviously, they're in Denver for games one and two. Tough place to play. One of the biggest home court advantages in the NBA, if you look just at home away splits for every team. Um, they managed to steal home court advantage, though. So if they can, if they can protect their, their home floor in, uh, in Portland, then they should go on to win this series. And I, I still have Portland. Whatever, I don't know what they're at series price right now, but uh, I would strongly consider taking them. Yeah, I mean, I would assume they're probably slightly underdogs, maybe like plus 135, plus 140. Probably a good. If that's bet, the case. I jump on. Probably a good bet. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'd probably jump on that. Yeah, I like the Blazers. Especially I mean, they look good last night. I mean, I would like to see them build on that. Yeah, I think the the one the one hesitation I have is Cantor with that separated shoulder. If he uh, somehow injures that more, they're gonna have a really tough time stopping Jokic. He did a great job on him last night. They did a great job helping him out. But they're they're pretty thin at the in the front court already with with uh, Yusuf Nurkic going down late in the season. So Cantor was a big pickup. It turned out to be even bigger than anybody had expected it to. But um, if he if he if that shoulder gets worse, they're gonna they're gonna be in trouble with Jokic down there. Yeah, and also Cantor better hope the uh, Turkish government doesn't come get him. He has a <laughs> warrant out for his arrest because he's been trashing that president. It's pretty uh, funny storyline. That's been a crazy story all year. I think it's been – it hasn't been, like, in the front and center in the media, but there was a game when he was on New York earlier this year. They played the Wizards, actually, over in London, I think, um, and he didn't travel overseas to go to the game because he didn't want to step foot in Europe. I don't think he went to Toronto either when they played the Raptors. Is that true? I think yeah, so. I, he I hadn't left America yeah. at all. That's crazy, man. Yeah, so – and I saw I was watching like E60 or something over the weekend. They had a Hito Turkoglu was trashing him. He's like, "Oh, traitor to the country!" But I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I, I've liked the way that Cantor played this earlier this year. The whole sitting out with the next thing, I didn't, I didn't respect that too much. But he's he's stepped up for the Blazers when they needed him the most, and I think he's a he's a huge key in this series. If he stays healthy. They've got a really good shot at this one. Yeah, he's kind of become the X factor. So I mean, he's kind of revitalized his career and kind of found his place. And yeah, he's done great for himself. Agreed. For sure. Agreed. He's a tremendous player. So we'll see. I'm I'm really excited for that uh, series. I mean, my predictions right now I still stand with one and two in the uh, East. Uh, Philly's making a push, but I think Toronto's going to prevail. Um, and then I think Golden State probably sweep. And then I like Portland in seven. Honestly, so we'll see. I think you're you're almost spot on. I I've got Philly in six, I've got the Bucks in six, Golden State in five, and Portland in seven. All right. Anything else for NBA? Um, I think that's it. We got those two games tomorrow. Oh, I guess do we make an official prediction for for Game Three in the Nuggets Blazers series tomorrow night? I'm gonna rock with Portland. I'm not sure what the Me spread too. is. Um, they're minus four right now. Portland minus four. Op- opened at four and a half. Shit. Never know. I might just uh, stay away from the betting, but if you're straight up, I'd go Portland. I, I don't know if there's enough value in the uh, money line because it's probably around 160, 170. 
I'd have to check on but, that. But uh, I like Poland to win. I agree. All right. All right, yeah, ready to move on. NHL, a little, a little hockey um, talk. Yeah, Boston won four to one last night to even the series against Columbus. Really, the only um, storyline in the NHL right now, to me, is like the dominance of the wild card teams. Uh, now that that series is tied, also Dallas and St. Louis are tied, and then uh, Carolina is a wild card team. They beat the Caps in the first round, and now they're winning a uh, three nothing against the uh, Islanders, who swept the Penguins in the first round. That's pretty impressive. And then also, I think Colorado's up two to one on San Jose. So the wild card teams like showing out in the playoffs uh, San, is pretty impressive. San Jose's up two one on the Avalanche. San Jose's actually. up. That's what I'm seeing okay. here. Yeah, so they're I had that playing game up. four right now. Okay, I had that mixed up. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean just Carolina though. I mean, yeah, Carolina up three nothing. That's insane. And they got game four at home tomorrow night. They could run a sweep in the second round. That's wild after beating the the defending Stanley Cup champion Capitals. That's true. That's true. It would be really cool to say, um, like, two wildcard teams in the uh, Stanley Cup final. It kind of looks like we're heading that way. Um, any – I mean, you got two series tied up at 2-2. Um, do you, who do you like in that Bruins Blue Jack? Bruins have evened it up. See, I don't know. I mean, the Bruins look good tonight. Tuka Rask had 39 saves. They won 4-1. to one. They've had games where they didn't look that great. Game one, they won. Game two, they lost in overtime. Game three, they kind of came out flat. I've been kind of keeping an eye on that series. But um, I thought Columbus had a lot of momentum beating Tampa Bay in this first round. And then Boston. I mean, Boston is a great team. Yeah. They have one of the best front lines in hockey. The Bergeron, Marshawn line, Rask. Rask has been kind of inconsistent throughout his career in the playoffs, but, I mean, he's come out strong this year in certain games. And I don't know. I mean, I'll... And he's is, still he super talented. On paper, goalie, Boston should win. Sure. But, I mean, just the whole momentum and the whole playoff hockey and the wild card team, you know, Columbus. Uh, I might go seven. And with Boston having home ice yeah, advantage nope. in game seven, I think they probably take it. Okay. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against you again. I got Blue Jackets in seven. I think that that nobody expected them to win that first round. I think a lot of people expected them to to bow out in the second round after overperforming in the first round. But I do agree. This game, this series goes seven. But uh, I think Columbus could. I mean, got they it. really stacked up at the trade deadline. They put a lot into their team, made a lot of good moves, and. Uh, I think they really built for this uh, playoff run. I mean, all their players stayed healthy, too. You had some teams that built for the playoffs, and they had injuries. So, I mean, Columbus got lucky, and I think they're better than what their record shows. I would not be surprised at all if they won the series. And I think if they win the series, they have a really good chance to uh, make it to the Stanley Cup Finals and ultimately win the Stanley Cup Finals because there's no real powerhouse teams left in the uh, NHL playoffs, which is why – NHL hockey, like in the Stanley Cup playoffs, is always fun to watch. You just never – probably the most unpredictable of the four major sports. I'd probably have to agree with you there. Yeah, you never know who's going to win, as shown by some of the huge upsets that, we have, that we've already seen yeah, this year so in the first round. Don't really have much else to say about hockey. It's really fucking unpredictable, so I'm just going to stop there. Yeah, I don't, I don't typically bet hockey the – the one bet I've made and I've mentioned <laughs> on here uh, was 
was on the lightning to win the series in the first round. So um, we all know how that turned out. They didn't even sniff a game. So uh, I'm staying off hockey for at least a little while longer. Probably have throw a little bit of money on uh, the finals when we get there. But until then, I am uh, strictly an observer. There you go. All right, so the next two portions of our show are going to be about my favorite sport, probably Connor's too. No, he's a baseball guy, I lied, but football. Um, And I'm really, man, the draft has happened. The odds for next season are in. I'm just ready, man. I mean, I'm more of a college guy myself, being from the South, but just give me some football. I'm ready. Uh, But, yeah, we're going to go into the draft a little bit. Uh, Connor, who do you think had the best draft? What team? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I thought there were a couple teams that did that did very well with what they had. Um, being like, you look at the picks that they made, but you also have to take into account where those picks were, who had more first-round picks, who had fewer first-round picks. There were obviously a few teams that didn't have any first-round picks. Um, I do like – I liked the, the Ravens draft a lot. Um that's obviously biased coming from a, a Baltimore fan, but um, they picked up two receivers, which I thought was interesting. Uh, one in the first round in uh, – that's remind me of his Marquise first name. Brown, yeah. Uh, Marquise, Marquise Brown. Um, and then in the third round, Miles Boykin. Um, two guys that I think could, could really change the dynamic of that offense. Everybody's expecting them to be a, a super run-heavy offense with Lamar at the helm now. Um, but adding those two receivers uh, makes me think that this new GM, um, Eric DaCosta, is is interested in in more, a more balanced <laughs> attack than some people might have expected. Uh, I, I won't go out and say that they had the, the best draft, my favorite draft, but I okay. did like it a lot. Now, they got a running back too, right? Uh, that's a good question. I know they picked up a quarterback. They got two running backs. Right, I thought they had like a, a or two decently uh, known name at running back. They drafted like in the third or fourth round. I could be wrong. I might be wrong. Let me, uh, I got to pull up their draft results here. That's one of the Oklahoma Justice State, Hill. So, yeah. Good change of pace from fourth Mark Ingram. Round. Yep. Yeah, so. Sure, yeah. I mean, they they definitely they loaded up on on skill players, offensive, hopefully weapons, to to surround Lamar with. He's a dynamic playmaker, but um, himself. But I like that they're that they're adding pieces around him, young pieces, and and then also Mark Ingram, obviously the the veteran leadership there. Yeah, I mean, I think they gave Jackson a lot of pieces as well. Um, <coughs> still a little skeptical about the defense with like all the. Uh, I thought there was an excess of players leaving. Granny, you gained Earl Thomas, but just be interesting to see if they take a step back or take a step forward. I don't think they're going to be in the same position they were in last year, but it'll be interesting to see. So, um, yeah, me personally, I thought uh, I was between two teams with the best draft in terms of um, players grabbed and value of the picks. Uh, one for me was the Redskins. I mean, I thought they had two really good picks in the first round with Dwayne Haskins falling all the way to 15. He's projected to go at six. Agreed. I don't know what the hell the Giants are doing at six with Daniel Jones, but, I mean, if it works out, the GM's a genius. We'll see. Uh, and then also trading up to get uh, Montez Sweat from Mississippi State. He kind of fell late into the uh, – I think it was 27. I could be wrong. It was around there. But uh, And then also just, I mean, they got like, a guy like Ross Piercebacher. 
All-American offensive lineman from Alabama. They snagged him in the fifth round. So, I mean, I thought they had a good draft. And then also, um, I mean, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the Patriots, I think the Patriots got better. Um, yep. First-round pick, Nikhil Harry from Arizona State. Quick, big-body receiver. Um, they got Chase Winovich in the third round, the uh, edge rusher from – or it might be a linebacker from Michigan State – or, excuse me, Michigan. Um, just a hard player. Fierce player, pretty quick, uh, a little bit undersized, but, I mean, always got to the quarterback, made a huge impact for Michigan. And then I really liked the pick in the fourth round with Jared Sidham from Auburn. Um, I was really high on Jared Sidham when he was at Baylor. Um, I know he got hurt, then the whole Art Browse scandal thing happened. He transferred to Auburn. I don't think he was ever in the right scheme at Auburn, but he had flashes of brilliance, I thought. And I think in the right scheme – i.e. the Patriots scheme. I think he's going to do phenomenal. If given the chance, I mean, Tom Brady's entering season 20. He can't play forever. So, if he is the heir apparent, I think he might do a good job. You never know. Yeah, so. Gotcha. And what, the, about, uh, what about the most, dis- the most disappointing draft class? The Giants. I don't even yeah, think I need to say because anything. because of that Daniel Jones yeah, pick? Yeah, I, I don't understand that pick, and I thought they did some other stupid shit. Along the way, I didn't really see anything from many other teams that just made me scratch my head as much as that one. So, um, the yeah, I said the Giants. I just didn't get that one pick, and yeah, yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to agree with you. The Giants draft. If Daniel Jones turns out to be a great NFL quarterback, then it w- it will be looked upon favorably. But um, passing on Dwayne Haskins when he was available is. Is something that I have a feeling they're going to. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones was not impressive in college at all. I mean, I understand he played for Duke. No, but the ACC was not good this past year. You had Clemson, who came out of the ACC unscathed, but like, I mean, he played teams like Wake Forest and like threw like, I think he threw seven picks. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, the numbers, the numbers don't (laughs) even come close to comparing to to Haskins, who played in. One of the toughest yeah, I mean, conferences play in the country. Like Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State. 50 fucking touchdowns, dude. Like, uh, yep. Yeah. Like, they put up huge I mean, numbers all year. Yep. If it wasn't for two, he could have won the Heisman. I mean, was he invited? I think he was invited. Yeah, I mean, he was one of the three there. Yep. So. He was there. Makes no sense. And he's like a 6'5", six, 6'4", six, quarterback. He's like good pro size. Like Huge. Kind of yep. reminds you of Cam in a way, but uh, – projects very well. Yeah, I don't see a ton of weaknesses in projecting. Yeah, I think the Reds so, – I really think the Reds can sit it on the I camera am, with him. That first round was unbelievable, yeah. They played it perfectly, and it just kind of fell into their lap. It was – they took advantage of what was given to them, and um, – not I don't often I don't often commend the Redskins, but they, they definitely did a good yeah. job with that draft. Uh, early Super Bowl prediction, or do you not have one? Um, I, I haven't, I haven't put too much thought into that yet. I'll have to, I'm going to have to go back through all the drafts and all the moves that are made this off season and see where everybody stacks up. But I mean, the, the Patriots are obviously in contention every year with that quarterback coach combo. I don't think you can ever consider them not, uh, one of the front runners at least. Um, I think the, an interesting, something to look at is going to, in the AFC is going to be how the chiefs follow up last year. Um, I think, I think they're in danger for a, for a disappointing 
disappointing follow-up to that AFC Championship appearance last year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, uh, I mean, they have a great talent in Patrick Mahomes for sure, but he's uh, it's not, it seems like his his weapons around him are dropping sure the whole Tyreek Hill thing. You just never know. Crazy. And he probably yeah probably won't play this year. Um, I would yeah, be very surprised so. if he did. But the win totals dropping for all the teams. Uh, with the draft now being wrapped up, free agency being wrapped up. Uh, did you get a chance to look at them? I did. I looked through through the the win total for every team. I've okay. got a, a few thoughts. The first one that jumps out at me is the the Jets at seven and a half. Um, I would have to look. Do you do you happen to know what they what they finished last? I mean, season they had the third record? pick, so probably five and eleven, four and twelve, three and thirteen. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what is uh what's causing them to jump up to seven and a half on that win total. They finished last year four and twelve. Um they I mean they've is uh are the pieces that they've added this offseason, I know there are a couple. Have they bumped them up four wins? I don't think so. Um my my lock on the total is just at first glance is gonna be the Jets under seven and a half. I think they're still That's the worst team. Pick. In that I like that one. That was the good one. Uh, yeah, I had a lock for uh, over. I picked the Colts. I think they're at nine and a half. Um, I mean, I think they're in. Okay. I mean, arguably a weak division. Jacksonville's still not going to be there. I mean, I don't think Nick Foles is going to make that big of a difference. Tennessee's still going to go eight and eight. Houston might make some improvements, but I still like the uh, Colts. I mean, Andrew Luck played great last year. He really came back strong. And I think he's going to build on that. <clears throat> they had a good offseason. I thought they had a decent draft. And, I mean, 10 wins. 10 and 6 is not out of reach for Indianapolis at all. Probably going to win a division. I think they might win 12, honestly. Could see me winning 13. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm really high on wow. the Colts this year. So, so they're, they're at right now to make the playoffs. They're at minus 250. Do you see any value yeah, in that? Yeah, of course. I think, there's, I think they're a lock to make the playoffs. I, I I agree with you there. I think they should definitely win that division unless unless Houston has some crazy win streak like they did this past year. But I, I think the Colts are the most talented team in that division. Even if they, I, I agree with you. Over nine and a half seems seems like an easy easy choice. Um, and if they get to ten wins, they should be at minimum a wild card team. So I also see value in that in that minus two fifty yeah, sure. to make the playoffs. Do you have any anyone you like for the uh, over? For the over, not nearly as much as I like the Jets for the under. Um, uh, let me look back at my notes here. We had – you got the Chiefs at 10.5. That's pushing it. I think, honestly, if I if I had to pick uh, an over, it would be the Chargers at 9.5. Not the Browns at 9.5? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, not the Browns at 9.5. I don't I, – I, I think the Browns – well, yes, they're going to be better than they were last year, and yes, they were better last year than they've been. Um, I, I wouldn't consider them a, a strong pick to win double-digit games. They still play. I mean, the division, it's not as strong as it has been historically, but those teams all play sure. each other tough still. Um, you see a lot of splits in that division where it's very hard to beat an AFC North team twice in one year. 
um, regardless of who they are. Maybe maybe they'll sweep the Bengals this year. The Bengals are just they're kind of become the Browns. Um, I, it it is interesting how they've sort of swapped places from like a few years back. Um, I don't. Do you think they're at even odds to make Cleveland? the playoffs right now? If they're at even odds, I'd take a, that for sure. There's value. I could really see them sneaking as a wild yeah, card team. Would. I probably would take that as well. Um, they have they have the best odds to to win that division um, with the Steelers following very closely behind, which I I think that's an interesting choice too. I'm, I'm interested to see how the Steelers how the Steelers shake out with uh, losing Brown and Bell. Um, obviously, they didn't have Bell last year, but um, just that whole Antonio Brown situation and every all the media attention surrounding it and losing him in the off season where he made it very clear that he was not happy there and didn't want to to ever play for the Steelers again. I think that there's a lot of interesting stories in the AFC North. Um but again, I the the Browns at 9, it, they might hit that right on the head, go 9 and 7. Um I would say I I'm much more confident in the the Chargers over 9 That's and a half. Good pick. I like that one. I mean, yeah, they should. They, I have. I think they really have a chance to win the division over Kansas City. I mean, I think Oakland's still not there. Definitely. And then the fourth team is who is it? Denver. I mean, Denver. I don't think Denver's there either. Um, they got Drew Locke in the second round, good value. And I mean, I'm. <coughs> I'm sure they're gonna. I did. I like that pick a lot. Not surprising. For yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're gonna, they're gonna turn to Locke at some point but... in the season. If not to start the season, but I just they got some more work to do in the draft and free agency and just letting their young players develop. And I mean, I'm sure every time they'll be fine. But uh, wouldn't be surprised if LA made those strides and like uh, won that division this year. So that's a good play. Yeah, they've been knocking on the door. Seriously. They've been knocking on the door. For, and then this will upset you, but I think the Ravens are at eight and a half. I took the under on that one. I just, I just don't know, man. Okay. I just, I think they might take a step back. I thought they lost a lot of pieces on defense and in the offense. I like that, but uh, I mean, I'm not sold on Lamar Jackson, but I'm also not writing him off uh, after seeing him against the Chargers in the play. That's to uh, right tough take that next step in uh, season two, but. Realistic for Baltimore, maybe in seven and nine. Uh, yeah, I don't hate that. I think if we're being, if I'm looking at it from a from a non biased perspective, they the defense was the strength of that team, and they lost a ton of. Even if the guys are not the same skill level that they were, uh, that they once were, losing those the, the leadership that they had on the defensive side of the ball, um, in Suggs, Mosley, Weddle. I mean, that's. <laughs> That's three big ones right there. Um, it'll be tough to replace just that that presence. And I, I agree with you. That's probably that's probably a pretty safe under bet. I don't. I think it would be stretching to, for them to go over five hundred this year. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, really exciting to look out on that. And it's really excited for college or uh, excuse me NFL football to get here as well as college football. And uh, speaking of college football, uh, I got some Heisman odds for you. I got the top six players. Uh, so at six, we got Jake Fromm from Georgia, twenty to one. Uh, five, four, and three are all tied at eight to one. Adrian Martinez from Nebraska, 
Justin Fields transferring over to Ohio State and Jalen Hurts transferring over to Oklahoma. Number two, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson coming in at 7-2. And then the Heisman favorite this year was no surprise. Um, Alabama's quarterback, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, 5-2. Do you think Tua or Trevor Lawrence are a lock? Do I think either of them are a lock? One of those two or the field. Um, at at this point, with those odds, I, yeah, I'm I mean, I feel like their favorite never wins. But I mean, these are two. I mean, after watching Trevor Lawrence in the championship game, and after watching Tua all last season, it's kind of like Jesus Christ. These are like two of the best quarterbacks we've seen in a long time. And I mean, you know, the teams are going to go at least eleven to one both long time. Them, so it's kind of like okay, like best player, best team. Uh, I kind of want to lean towards taking right. no, I, one of them. I I hear that. Um, I uh, I think at those at those odds at five to two on a on a future bet like something like the Heisman, I, so many things can happen throughout the season um, in a sport like football where anybody That's can true. get hurt at any point. Like obviously, you, you hope you hope. Yeah, you hope to avoid that for sure, but these are guys that people are going to be coming at. They play in – Tua especially plays in the best conference in football. There are some – he's going to go up against some some beasts, and they're they're gunning for the, the so-called best player in the country. Um, so you never really know what's going to happen. I think at 5-2, to two, I don't see enough value in that to, to take a Heisman uh, future on. Um, I would be more inclined to take Lawrence, but my pick is going to be uh, continuing the trend at QBU, um, taking six in a row. Hey, three Oklahoma quarterbacks, three transfers, three number one overall picks. It could be. I mean, if if he puts up a Heisman-like season and wins the award – Depending on who has the first pick next year, he he definitely could be in that conversation. And what a great story that would be for Jalen Hurts to to lose his starting job to Tua, um, transfer, sit behind. I mean, he's behind him now on the list of of Heisman favorites, and to come back and to win that award. I mean, I think Tua is still on a better team. I don't see Oklahoma going and winning the national championship. That would be even more of a redemption story. But uh, um. I, I've I really come to like Jalen Hurts, and I think a lot of people have in the the way he supported Tua, even when he he lost that starting job to him. So I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts. I think if I had to take anybody out of those six you just named, that that's where my money would be. Good pick. I mean, I like Jalen. He's a good dude. It just sucks, like what he's been through. I mean, but I mean, for Saban, like you got to play the best guy, and I mean, I think Tua has shown that he's the more. I don't know, skilled quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, uh, he definitely can do it in that Lincoln-Riley offense. I mean, anything's possible. He's going to put up great numbers this year probably. So, also, uh, in terms of future bets, Clemson is the favorite to win the national title at 7-4. Alabama is the second at 9-4. I mean, do you see any scenario that doesn't have these two teams in the national championship game? No. Yeah, I mean, I don't either. In a word. No. Um, I think 
I think if you if you put money on either one of them right now, you will have a chance to hedge it when the national championship game rolls around. Yeah. I mean, I don't see either team um, not being there. Sure. I, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. The better and, bet might be for them to make the playoffs because um, you can win both of those. I like that. You, 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 I mean, they they can't be plus money to make the playoffs either one of nah, them. No, they're probably both like minus between 150 and 200. Yeah, I'd probably say Clemson's around minus 175. Alabama probably closer to minus 150. But That's not somewhere bad, in that range right around each other. Uh, the last four years, Clemson did. Clemson did make the inaugural four one. years. Yeah, Florida State did. Alabama's made every single one. Clemson's been in the last four years. So, <coughs> yeah, yeah. I don't see that. I don't no. see that pattern getting and then, broken either. So, so uh, I just want to touch on this real quick, Connor. I mean, college football is my favorite thing to bet on. I went fifty-eight percent last year. I tracked it. I tried to do five a week, but sometimes I went over. Uh, week one, I did six games. Uh, I think the most I did in one week was like eight. But uh, tracked it, I went 58%. Uh, do you have an approach you take when you bet on college football? or? Um, not, not something that I stick to, like, religiously. Um, obviously, the, the Big 12 overs are always an interesting, an interesting um, play. There's – I think a lot of value in that they can't set that number high enough. I remember in some last games. year, I was like the day after Thanksgiving, um, watching uh, Oklahoma West Virginia, and I mean that was I think it was before yeah. the game. It had to be like eighty five and a half, and yeah, that was a lock. And we, we yeah, these crazy numbers that are so. Yep. Yeah, there was never a doubt on that one. They they. I mean, they're not going to set the number at 100, but that game could easily get to 100. I, I forget what the final score was, but it was never a sweat, never in doubt. Big 12 overs are, are crazy profitable if you look, I think, back over an entire season, even if they're setting them up in the yeah, high that 70s, was like a, uh, low to mid-80s. Bet your kids college fun and don't even sweat it kind of bet. Like you just knew it was going to happen. <laughs> so I actually have a process, kind yep. of, I want to touch on it for the listeners. Uh maybe help people out in the future. Um, sure. So the odds always come out on Monday for college football, I've noticed. Um, I'll check them out. I use sportsline.com. It's through CBS Sports. Um, honestly, uh, it was just something that wasn't blocked at work, so I just started using it. Um, it had all the over-unders. It had all the okay. uh, spreads. And, uh, I mean, I look at them on Monday. I see what I like. I track them into Tuesday and Wednesday, see if they're moving at all. Um, I always check weather. I mean, if it's raining hard, if it's snowing, the under is always a good play, right? Um, you didn't have that uh, luxury when matching came into play. It was on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So, a team I liked a lot was Buffalo. I mean, I started betting right. on Buffalo every week. I was betting on Ohio a lot. And, I mean, the matching was fun, the uh, matching overs. Were actually pretty fun to bet on. I mean, I hit a lot of them. Some of them didn't hit. Like, I mean, I think Buffalo in the over was like consistent, like every single week for me in November. It was just fun. Um, a team I like to bet on last year to start the year was Mississippi State, and they kind of fizzled out after week four. Um, let me think. Alabama and Clemson, I was betting on a lot. They were winning a lot. 
Um, but yes, I mean, this is what I was doing. I was just taking it, watching the spread all week, looking at the weather, um, and just looking at trends. I mean, what is the team doing? Are they pulling their starters? Clemson was like doing the thing where they were, um, not starting their starters. They were just playing starters in the fourth quarter. They were just playing the entire team to have more depth in the, uh, later in the year. So something I was looking at and Clemson covered all the time. I mean, they were just playing shitty teams. And I think Alabama at the beginning of the year, at least was, was pulling the starters for the fourth quarter. So if you were going to take them on the spread, you wanted to make sure they had it by the the third quarter. I mean, like teams like Oklahoma, teams like Washington state with these air raid offenses, Texas tech. I mean, overs, man, just, I think college football overs are just so easy. Sometimes Uh, the spreads will get you, but the, the, just the overs, man. And like I said, bad weather unders too. I like betting against teams like Maryland, honestly. They suck. Uh, Rutgers was horrible. I mean, I like betting against them a lot. <laughs> Ole Miss overs were hitting a lot. Um, they had the three-headed receiver monster. And Tamu, I mean, he was throwing that ball all over yep. the field. They had a high air raid offense. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it just depended on the week. But I found a lot of teams I really got in a groove with and just stuck to. So, I remember like two years ago, my favorite team to bet on was like Florida Atlantic when uh, Lane Kiffin's first year there. Yeah, but that's my strategy, man. I mean, oh, yeah. I know 58% doesn't sound great, but it's plus money, so. No, I mean, in, in the gambling world, anything over 53, yeah, 54, so. you're making money. So, um, 58 is pretty impressive. What's I got up? a question about that about that system. You say you go on Monday and you look at you look through all the lines, you see what you like, you mark those down and start to track those throughout the week. If – those lines start moving against you what's your what's your approach then that's a good question um so you're saying like for example i got clemson minus 14 and then you're saying it goes down to 13 or up to 15 right at that point i like it even more honestly like i never like really shy away from it i'm like oh this is working in my favor i'm getting less points i don't have to buy any points i mean when i when i like something i like something honestly so, I got you. So you're confident enough in your, in your, whatever you do to to evaluate the teams and the games that if the if the money is coming in on the other side enough that the line is moving, you just yeah, see that like, as honestly, a bonus like, for you. I, I mean, I study college football religiously, especially during the season. So I don't really sure. second guess anything because, like, I know I've done my research. I know what I'm doing i'm betting on games that i'm sure of and i mean of course you're gonna have bad beats you're gonna have just like some teams just come out flat right but i mean most weeks i hit like like i said so 58 percent is positive right so most weeks i was doing good and i'd go like four and two a lot or three and two you know all right but i'm i don't really second guess myself a lot so if i see a game going like against me i like it even more i'm like this is great i mean less points i gotta cover so that's that's how i think about it gotcha because i think there are a lot of people that get that get a little gun shy when they see that money's coming in on the other side maybe there's something that they're missing but if you're confident and you've done your you've done your homework you know the teams well um i i agree seeing the seeing the line move against you I see that as moving it in your favor. Yeah. You just and I it's can just tell an easier cover. Today on 
May 2nd that the lock of the year is going to be the LSU-Alabama under. I think it's hit the last, like, eight years. So All right. You if heard you see it, it on Monday, take it on Monday. Don't wait because it might go down. <coughs> All right. There it is. Giving out, giving out a college football lock <laughs> in the first week um, of May. So you got it. Clemson or Alabama to win it all. Okay. That's I fair. have Alabama I mean, I this year. Taking turns the last four years. Uh, neither one of them is going back to back, so that's not a bad play. And then, yeah, I think two uh, – I wouldn't be surprised if Tua won the Heisman and the uh, national title and then became the first overall pick, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. You got anything else on college football? Or are we uh, – Now we're going to talk about the Derby, man. The uh, Saturday. Uh, I think I looked at the weather. It's supposed to be raining, so sloppy conditions. The favorite uh, Omaha Beach has been pulled uh, due to a – epiglottis injury of some sort. I don't really know what that means, but whatever. Uh, but what I think is interesting is the uh, <laughs> top three odds now are uh, Roadster, Game Winner, and Improbable. All three Bob Baffert horses. Bob Baffert, if y'all don't know, is the trainer who trained American Pharaoh and Justify, the 2015 and 2018 Triple Crown winners. So, a really good chance he repeats this year. He's got a decent... It's, I mean, do you think repeats as Kentucky Derby winner or uh, uh, repeats as a he, Triple Crown winner? I think it's kind of a lock that he has a uh, Kentucky Derby. You never know. But uh, the Triple Crown, I was I was talking about the Triple Crown, but at the same time, he could get in his own way. I mean, he has three tremendous horses. So, you just you, – Right. You think they might. Beat I mean, you just never know. Just I mean, it's been so common that they uh, – over the last 15 years that I've been watching the uh, – I remember the first Derby I watched was in 2004. It's been so common for a horse to win the Preakness and the Kentucky Derby and lose the Belmont. So, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Mm-hmm. Smarty Jones. Yeah. 2004, was that Smarty Jones? I remember when he was on the cover of uh, of Sports Illustrated. I think I still have that, yeah, that issue uh, somewhere Smarty around Jones, here. Yeah, Smarty Jones. This is it was like a horse that was from the first Arkansas one I watched or something. Too. Just powerful. Like, oh, we haven't seen a yep. horse like this in so long. And then he lost to Belmont. Same with the Big Brown in 08. I mean, this is such a powerful horse. And lost just like shit the bed of the uh, Belmont. It's like a long – it's like the longest of the three Kentucky Derby – or excuse me, triple crown courses. I mean, a lot of uh, horses struggle with the uh, Belmont track. So, So, do you have any uh, any big insights into long shots here? What a or are those three Baffert horses pretty much? Where I was looking at some jockeys that um have run the race and won the race. Uh, Mike Smith, I think he rode American Pharaoh or Justify. I think he rode Justify last year. Uh, he was supposed to ride Omaha Beach, who got scratched. I mean, I didn't really notice any jockey names that stuck out to me. So, I mean, I think the Baffert horse has got it wrapped up, honestly. I think if you throw 100 on each of them, uh, you got a chance to win. I mean, you're hedging your bets. You're going to win regardless a few hundred dollars. So, And then if none of them win, you could lose 300. So, saying you do that, 
Right. Say the worst you can do there if one of those three does take it is. I think so, yeah. If uh, what, you're game winners are favored at nine to two, and then Rhodes' turn and Probo are both five to one. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean. So if you're feeling, yeah, I, I, I don't have a. I don't have any any secret tips or any locks on a on a long shot, so um, I'm probably going to stick within those those top three. And it's boring to do, but but game winner. Yeah, nine I was two, looking at Roadster. Be my pick. Uh, I like I like all the names. They're actually kind of cool, especially game winner. But uh, also, I mean, I might look into uh, the history of the horses, how they've done in sloppy conditions, and then go from there. Uh, look to see. I mean, I might t- take another horse, like a like a thirty to one, forty to one horse, just to do it. I gotta just pick one. I don't know how I'm gonna do it based off their name. Which one sounds the coolest? So that's one of my favorite approaches. Yeah, to, I mean, when I was younger, I, like, sure. oh, I like this one's name. I'm gonna pick it, and ultimately never won. So, but <laughs> yeah. So Maybe big week in the sports ahead of us. Uh, a lot of events. Playoffs, Kentucky Derby. Uh, I mean, still got baseball out there, so uh, should be a good one, man. I mean, I hope uh, we get a lot of good shit that comes back, and we can have a really good show next week. Definitely, and for for all the people waiting for for baseball talk, um, we'll probably be getting into that way more heavy once the once the NBA and NHL playoffs sort of wind down, and we're in those so-called dog days of summer um that's when the baseball baseball talk and baseball betting really ramps up once the we figure out where teams are trending um the the baseball season from a betting perspective becomes a lot more transparent so we got a lot of other stuff going on right now with the playoffs and the, the horse races so yeah i mean we got um, the college baseball World series coming. and college baseball playoffs in general coming up in a few weeks too so i mean that'll be interesting to start to get into um, the PGA championships in a couple of weeks, sure. uh, got moved from August to May this year. So that'll be a good one. Obviously Tigers are favorite and we'll dive into that next week probably. So, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Everybody, good stuff uh, ahead. Hope y'all are enjoying the show. We're enjoying doing it. Uh, thanks for listening. Tell your friends, tell your grandma, tell your mailman. We don't give a shit who you tell. Just tell somebody. <laughs> All right, man. Y'all take care. See y'all. Until next.